Do you want victory? You can have it in Christ Jesus. Time once again for Abiding in Christ with Jim Wood. You have to step back, evaluate the various positions in light of Scripture, and then re-engage with a godly perspective. Pastor Wood is the founder of Wears Valley Ranch, a Christian home and school for kids from crisis family situations. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at wvr.org. And now, without further delay, here's your host, Jim Wood. If you would please open your Bibles to 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3, back in chapter 1, Peter said, I'm writing... I will always remind you about these things, even though you know them and are established in the truth you now have. Well, that's what he's continuing to do. And in chapter 3, this is the Word of God. Dear friends, this is now the second letter I've written to you. In both letters, I want to stir up your sincere understanding by way of reminder, so that you recall the words previously spoken by the holy prophets and the command of our Lord and Savior given through your apostles. Above all, be aware of this. Scoffers will come in the last days, scoffing and following their own evil desires, saying, where is his coming that he promised? Ever since our ancestors fell asleep, all things continue as they have been since the beginning of creation. They deliberately overlook this. By the word of God, the heavens came into being long ago, and the earth was brought about from water and through water. Through these, the world of that time perished when it was flooded. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are stored up for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. Dear friends, don't overlook this one fact. With the Lord... One day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. The Lord does not delay his promises, some understand delay, but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. On that day the heavens will pass away with a loud noise. The elements will burn and be dissolved, and the earth and the works on it will be disclosed. Since all these things are to be dissolved in this way, it is clear what sort of people you should be in holy conduct and godliness as you wait for the day of God and hasten its coming. Because of that day, the heavens will be dissolved with fire and the elements will melt with heat. But based on his promise, we wait for new heavens and a new earth where righteousness dwells. Therefore, dear friends... While you wait for these things, make every effort to be found without spot or blemish in his sight, at peace. Also, regard the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our dear brother Paul has written to you according to the wisdom given to him. He speaks about these things in all his letters. There are some matters that are hard to understand. The untaught and unstable will twist them to their own destruction, as they also do with the rest of the scriptures. 
Therefore, dear friends, since you know this in advance, be on your guard so that you are not led away by the error of lawless people and fall from your own stable position, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. May God add his blessing to this reading from his holy and inspired word. If you knew that all the stuff that you have tried to accumulate was going to get burned up in a fire, would you perhaps value it a little less? It's all going to burn. Every bit of it. Now, I don't know when the fire is going to be, but I know that a fire is coming. Don't chase stuff that's disposable. Dear friends, this is now the second letter I've written to you. In both letters, I want to stir up your sincere understanding by way of reminder so that you recall the words previously spoken by the holy prophets and the command of our Lord and Savior given through your apostles. Above all, be aware of this. There are going to be people who are going to try and undermine your faith. He refers to them as scoffers. That's people who laugh at what you believe. Ha! They're scoffing. Ha! Ha! Yeah, that's what you say. Scoffers will come in the last days, scoffing and following their own evil desires, saying, where is the coming he promised? When I was a teenager, I had a bumper sticker on the back of my car that said, honk if you love Jesus. I don't use that as my witnessing methodology anymore, but but I had that on the back of my car when I was a teenager. But I had another bumper sticker that I was more fond of. It sat on the dashboard right in front of any passenger that I might pick up like hitchhikers. Because back when I was young, people were hitchhiking all over the country. So I, I, I would pick up hitchhikers, and on the dashboard was a bumper sticker that said, if you hear a trumpet blast, grab the wheel. Now, that sparked some discussion, okay? Because the Bible talks about how when the Lord returns, there's going to be a trumpet blast, and we're going to be caught up to be with the Lord in the air. As you might gather, I was really looking forward to the second coming of Christ. Now, I've given up and decided he's just not coming back. No. I know he's coming back, and I know it's closer than when I was a teenager with bumper stickers on the inside as well as the outside of my car. Okay? I know he's coming back. I just don't know when. There have always been people who decide, I just don't believe this stuff. I don't believe his promise. Where's the promise of his coming? He promised it. But ever since our ancestors fell asleep, all things continue as they have since the beginning of creation. Those people are deliberately forgetting something. God has already destroyed the planet once with a flood. The creator decided to start over again. And he sent a flood that wiped out everything. 
Now, of course, we've got lots of people today who say, <laughs> I'm an evangelical Christian and I believe the Bible's true, but I certainly don't believe in a universal flood. There are a whole lot of other people who say it couldn't have possibly happened. Because if, if really the whole earth was flooded with water, that would be so cataclysmic, it would change everything. Now, I'm just going to mention as an aside, it might even change conditions to the extent that it would alter how long people live. Just, just a thought. But in any case, <clears throat> I love the fact that scientists keep finding evidence of cataclysmic flooding all over the world, causing things that we thought took eons of time. But the alternative to eons of time is a catastrophic flood. There will be people who will say, it never happened. Well, it's not going to happen again, but there is going to be another reboot, another fresh start. And this time, it's not going to come by way of a flood. It's going to come by way of fire. And the fire that is coming is going to burn up not just the stuff on the surface, but the atmosphere and the planet's insides. The words that are used to describe here, the kind of catastrophe that is coming, describe the elements melting in intense heat. It describes the sky, the heavens, will pass away with a loud noise. The earth and the works on it will be disclosed. All these things are to be dissolved. That's what's coming. Well, what prevents it from happening now? God. God is waiting to give opportunity for more people to repent. He's giving people time. He's giving people opportunity. But the day is coming. I don't know when it'll be. It may be 500 years after I'm dead. Could be today. But whenever it is, the Lord has promised that he's going to intervene once again. And at that point, if you remember what happened in the flood, God closed the door. I'm telling you, God is right now set before you an open door. His name is Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Him. But there will come a day when God's going to close the door. And at that point, you missed it. Thank you for listening to Abiding in Christ with Pastor Jim Wood. Pastor Wood is a popular speaker for family and marriage retreats, conferences, and pro-life fundraisers. If you are planning an event, a retreat, or conference and would like to invite Pastor Wood to speak or teach, please visit wvr.org and fill out our speaker request form. At this site, you will also find over a dozen books authored by Pastor Wood and his wife, Susan. Again, please visit wvr.org today. To step out of my comfort zone Into the realm of the unknown Where Jesus is
So Peter writes and he says, the day of the Lord will come like a thief. What does that mean? Well, a thief doesn't call you up and say, hey, listen, I, I was wondering, I'd like to come around 4.30 this afternoon to rob your house. Would that be a good time? Is that the way a thief works? No. The whole nature of a thief is you're caught by surprise. God's going to catch the people of the earth by surprise. Are you going to be ready? Since all these things are to be dissolved in this way, it is clear what sort of people you should be in holy conduct and godliness as you wait for the day of the Lord and hasten its coming. Why would you want to hasten its coming? If everything's going to be burned up, why are you eager for that to happen? Because based on his promise, we wait for new heavens and a new earth where righteousness dwells. Imagine, imagine living in a world where everyone is kind. Imagine living in a world where you never get conned because everybody tells the truth. Imagine living in a world where there's no theft, there is no sin at all. Imagine. That's what's coming for those who are in Christ Jesus. And guess what? I'm looking forward to that. Can you imagine if you were going to the best restaurant where it's all you can eat and you thought, well, I, I want to bring some, some crackers and stuff just in case. Really? Is that what you think? There is nothing, absolutely nothing in this world that is as wonderful as what we're going to have there. Even our fellowship here is imperfect. Our relationships, our love, our perspective, everything we've got here is going to be eclipsed by glory. Heaven is going to be so much more wonderful and so is the new earth. Therefore, we need to live now as people who know we're going there. And if you know you're going there, you don't focus on collecting stuff here. number of years ago, there was a fire on the ridge over here. It was headed toward us. We took our photo albums and our legal papers, put them in clothing baskets, stuck them in the car, and got ready to leave. And it was a good feeling to be able to think everything we care about, our family and our important belongings, fit in the back of our SUV. All the rest of it can go. You understand? Just a few years ago, more recently, some of you remember when there was a fire here. And it was down at that end of the valley, but it was moving this way. And we had to evacuate the ranch. And a number of our friends lost properties. One friend lost their house and everything in it. You know what? 
I was not worried. You know why? Well, because I know fire like that can't ever reach my ranch. No, no, can too. One day it will. This beautiful chapel is going to burn. My house is going to be gone. Everything, all the businesses, all the homes, all the collectibles, your favorite piece of clothing, your favorite whatever, it's going to be gone. It's all going to burn. So what are you living for? What are you pursuing? What do you treasure? You should be people who engage in holy conduct and godliness as you wait for the day of God and hasten its coming. While you wait for these things, make every effort to be found without spot or blemish in his sight at peace. And regard the patience of the Lord as salvation. Every time I get frustrated because we're having to wait, I thank God. Because the fact is, if God hadn't waited through the 1940s when all kinds of hideous stuff was going on, some people I know very well and care about very much wouldn't have been saved. If God hadn't waited through the 1950s, I wouldn't have been saved. If God hadn't waited through the 1960s and into the 70s, my wife wouldn't have been saved. But God in his mercy has waited. And he's waited for you. Because he loves you. And he doesn't want any of his children to perish. But you need to know the day is coming. The day of the Lord will come like a thief. Now, Peter goes on to mention something else here that we can't just skim over. He says, this sort of thing, our brother Paul, the apostle, has written about according to the wisdom given to him. He speaks about these things in all his letters. And there are some matters that are hard to understand. I am so grateful that the Apostle Peter found some things in the Bible hard to understand because that makes me realize that it's okay if there are some things in the Bible that I find hard to understand. There are some matters that are hard to understand. The untaught and unstable will twist them to their own destruction. There are people who take the scriptures and misinterpret and misapply what it says. They do this to the Apostle Paul's writings the same way that they twist the rest of the scriptures. What does that tell you? Peter recognized the writings of Paul as scripture. And what has he already said about Scripture? You need to know this above all. No prophecy of Scripture comes from the prophet's own interpretation because no prophecy ever came by the will of man. Instead, men spoke from God as they were carried along 
by the Holy Spirit. And he says, what Paul has written is Scripture. It is God's Word. And so, therefore, dear friends, since you know this in advance, be on your guard so that you are not led away by the error of lawless people and fall from your own stable position. That is one of the most wonderful, balanced statements that pulls together two things that are hard for folks to understand. Number one, you don't have to, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you don't have to live in instability, afraid you're going to fall from grace and lose your salvation. But what is he telling people who have a stable, secure position? Be careful that you're not led astray and fall. Is he saying you can lose your salvation? No, we already talked about that when we were in chapter 2. But he is saying that if your attitude toward the grace of God, that which he has provided for you, is such that you are not seeking him, wanting to do his will, living a godly life, you should not feel secure. There are going to be people, as we said in chapter 2, there are going to be people, Jesus said, who will say to him in that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we do this? Didn't we do this? Didn't we do this? And he says, I'll say to them, depart from me. I never knew you. There are people who think they're saved, and they're not. There are people we might think are saved who are not. The people in Matthew 7, I certainly would have thought were saved. I mean, they're Goodness, casting out demons and prophesying in the Lord's name? I'd, I'd say that's probably a pretty safe bet that that person is a genuine Christian. Jesus says no. Now, God will honor his word even if the person speaking it is not true to him. But there are those who, like a dog returning to its vomit or a washed sow, returning to wallow in the mud, there are those who we may think are Christian and who may think that they are Christian, but they are in danger of being led astray, led away by the error of lawless people and thereby falling from what is a secure position. Instead, what should we do? but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Grow. If your view of salvation is something I prayed a prayer and so now I'm safe, uh, I don't think you really understood what this is about. What if I were to tell you that this year my wife and I will have been married 45 years? Isn't that great? I, I haven't seen Mrs. Wood in, golly, I guess uh, almost 45 years. Um, but I know we're married because I, I went forward and, uh, and, and declared uh, I will and I do, and I got to kiss her. And um, not sure what really happened after that. I guess I was just pursuing other things. You'd think I was a crazy person, right? But I know people who think they're married to Jesus, they are alive in Christ, and they're not growing. 
They're not eager to. They're not studying his word. They're not spending time with him. They don't love him. What should you be doing? Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and to him be the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. Christians grow. The fact that somebody showed a little bit of signs of life, but then turned away, doesn't mean they lost their salvation. It does mean they need to get saved. You've been listening to Abiding in Christ. If you have questions that you'd like for us to tackle on the program or comments that you want to make, I want to invite our listeners to call 866-41-ABIDE. That's our toll-free number, 866-41-ABIDE. Or contact us on the web at wvr.org.